welcome to Boiling Point. We all know them. Many of us loved them as a kid and still secretly love them today. I'm talking about dinosaurs. What's much less known is how they were first discovered. What consequences this huge discovery had for science and how dinosaurs inspired the myth of dragons. Let's go back in time to answer these questions. Listen to the story in just a moment. Welcome back to Boiling Point, the weekly science show on Eastside 89.7 FM. Tonight in the studio, it's your host, Dom. Hello. And Kat, that's me. And our guest is Lachlan Hart. Lachlan is a PhD student in paleo paleobiology at the University of New South Wales in Sydney and Lachlan studies all things dead, mostly extinct amphibians. We talked about his research a few months ago. Today he's here as our expert on dinosaurs and how they were first discovered. Welcome to the show, Lachlan. Hi, Kat. Let me start with the most important question of all. Why don't you study dinosaurs? Uh, well, I don't, uh, at the moment anyway, don't study dinosaurs uh, because I had access to some really great material of fossil amphibians at the Australian Museum. Not convincing yet? Not convincing yet? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep going then. Um, and there are quite a number of dinosaur researchers around the world um, and... There's only so many dinosaur fossils in the world. So um, I figure that by studying a more niche group like Temnospondyl amphibians, uh, I've got you know a better chance of you know writing a PhD thesis about it for starters. <laughs> um, and also I'm a real big believer that um, we should be sending the message that paleontology isn't just about dinosaurs. Um, yes, they're a very cool part of paleontology uh they're probably you know the iconic uh, uh mascot for paleontology so to speak um and maybe even like a gateway into paleontology for children but um an entry drug <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah they're definitely um not um the only thing in paleontology i see well that's fair i guess i have to accept this now right <laughs> yes is there much dinosaur research going on in australia at all uh in Australia, there's some dinosaur research going on at a, a couple of the universities, yeah. Okay. Makes sense, right? Because there are those um, those massive finds of dinosaur bo bones in Yeah, the Australian um, Age of Dinosaurs Museum in Queensland is doing yeah. some dinosaur research. Um, the Queensland Museum as well. Uh, University of New England in Armidale. Okay. Uh, they're the big places at the moment that do dinosaur research in Australia. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, let's dive into history then. So um, I can't really imagine a world where dinosaurs were unknown, but not even 200 years ago, like yesterday, exactly that was the case. And um, I have no idea what kids played with back then, if not dinosaurs made from plastic, but apparently that wasn't available. So um, Lachlan, please tell us when and where were the first dinosaur bones discovered? Yeah, okay. So the first... Um documented evidence of bones that belonged to dinosaurs um, it was from uh, 1676. Uh, so a man in England called uh, Richard Brooks uh, found the end bone of um, what we now know is the leg, leg of a dinosaur. Uh, however, when Richard Brooks looked at this end of the bone, he thought it resembled more uh, the testicles of a human. And so, therefore, uh, it was actually given a scientific name of scrotum humanum. Uh, it wasn't until 80 years later that uh, 
a scientist looked at the bone and realised that, no, 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 that definitely belongs to something that we don't know, a, a large lizard-like animal probably, I'm and gave it the more... I'm sorry, I'm glad someone stepped in there. Yeah, and gave it a more respectable name of Megalosaurus. Uh, and that actually has the distinction of being the first dinosaur that was named. Uh, following Megalosaurus, uh, the second dinosaur was named a year after that, and that's Iguanodon. And uh, then there was one more dinosaur called Hylaeosaurus, um, uh, described a few years after that, and they were the first three uh, dinosaurs known to science. Yeah, right. And when, hang on, is the name dinosaur already invented there? No, no. Oh, so how did we get there? So uh, the a scientist named Richard Owen who became... Sir the, Richard Owen? Sir Robert. Richard Owen, yes, <laughs> Sir Richard Owen, uh, <laughs> who eventually became the... Uh, uh, director of the Natural History Museum in London uh, was the man that actually coined the the word dinosaur, uh, which means terrible lizard, and that wasn't until like 1842. So you know this was a good you know 20 years, or nearly 20 years since Megalosaurus was uh, described. Yeah, right. Interesting. So and um, yeah, Owen was also based in England. Was there was there any reason why all those bones were found and first described in England, or was that just coincidence? Uh, just a coincidence. Um, just, just, just you know, dumb luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, uh, only a few years later, so around eighteen seventy eight, um, in um, Belgium, they found some really complete iguanodon skeletons um, in a like a big kind of pit sort of thing, um, and that's when they knew that their initial ideas of what uh, iguanodon looked like were wrong. <laughs> Right. So, um, oh, yeah, talking about that. So what they used to do was kind of extrapolating the whole body and how the animal, the dinosaur looked like from just a few bones, right? Yeah, there was a lot of imagination (laughs) back then. Um, And that's, you know, partly because we didn't uh, know what dinosaurs looked like. We didn't have complete skeletons of them. Uh, now, you know, 200 years in the future, we <laughs> we have a better idea of what dinosaurs look like. So you think we shouldn't judge them? No, don't judge the mm. dinosaurs by their looks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking these days you would call that like a joint venture of research or science and um, art. And back then it was just normal and called science. Yeah, um, yeah, um, comparative anatomy has come a long way as a science. <laughs> I'm glad. By the way, I have to point out here that Lachlan is wearing the cutest black jumper with white T-Rex skeletons on it. Amazing. I it's thought it was bad. appropriate. It was very appropriate. <laughs> it's really not a jumper for radio because obviously the audience can't appreciate it. Yeah, that's, um, I, I appreciate it. My wife bought it for me. Oh, that's even cuter now. <laughs> she seems to know you. She knows me very well. <laughs> So um, what I find quite intriguing about the whole thing, I mean, like mentioning some numbers and like um, years and stuff, that's that's all good. And we know, yeah, they were discovered like a bit less than 200 years ago. But did that actually have an impact on society? Like people didn't have any idea about that, that there were things out there that lived before our time and they looked very different and very scary. And um, in addition to that, Darwin had only published his theory yeah, about, what is it, 20 years later or so, in 1859. So people also didn't have an idea about um, that things evolved from one thing into the other. So do you know, how was that perceived in society? Yeah, so um, obviously it kind of, uh, different people have different receptions of these things. Even now, there are people who receive information about science in different ways. Um, it's very diplomatic. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, the, the, it, 
obviously people who initially believed that Earth was only six or 8,000 years old, that really changed the way that they thought because, you know, there was ancient things that lived here a long time before you were alive. And, you know, millions of years is a concept that's a bit hard to fathom. Uh, so, um, yeah, but, you know, in, in general, I think um, it was accepted by society relatively well. I mean, we've got those um, amazing sculptures in Crystal Palace in London that were commissioned uh, not long after the first dinosaurs were described by Owen. Um, those fat crocodiles with long legs. Yeah, fat crocodiles with long legs. None of them are um, anatomically correct, <laughs> but uh, they're fun. And, uh, you know, the, the public loved them and they, they were there for decades. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think uh, it, it did begin the public fascination with dinosaurs for sure. I guess that's probably also matter that society was very different back then. Not only that the level of education was probably much lower, but there was a large ratio of the population that didn't have access to all this information, right? So I actually wonder, do you know, was that like, was that printed in the, on the news, in the newspaper that like people look, we found those really weird animals and did everyone learn about that at all? Yeah, I, I'm not sure how they kind of disseminated the news. I'm pretty sure, you know, they went through um, a scientific publication process, which wouldn't have been as rigorous as what we do today. But uh, look, the, the, the findings would have been published. People would have been able to read it. Um, you know, even Darwin's book on the origin of species, that was a book that was a, you know, a freely accessible book that anybody could read. If you could read. If you could read. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of restricted. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big caveat. And read, read the language and understand the language that, they, that he used. Oh, yeah. I still don't understand proper science language. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it can be very heavy. Um, but but yeah, D Darwin did use uh, examples from the fossil record to help support his theory of evolution. Um, so he kind of hypothesized that dinosaurs are not fully gone, that they might have evolved into something else? Uh, well, I mean, that's Darwin's whole theory of natural selection, you know, survival of the fittest. And, you know, there are ancient lineages that are still alive today. I mean, he could have been like, oh, look at those dinosaurs. They look so useless. T-Rex doesn't even have proper arms, so died out. Yeah, well, you know, that's probably what happened. No. <laughs> well, what about the meteorite? Anyway, it's a different story. Um, <laughs> okay, I have to say I'm a bit disappointed. I was hoping for this, like, massive splash in society that people went crazy started panicking there were those animals around they look horrible yeah and no, i don't think they set fires to the museums or anything like that right mm. uh that that was more when uh darwin brought forward his theory of evolution um on the origin of species by natural selection you know um and owen was one of uh darwin's uh great competitors uh, Owen didn't um, subscribe to Darwin's theory of uh, evolution by natural selection. Um, Owen thought that evolution was much more complex than just natural selection. Uh, I find it quite complex already. Yeah, well, it is. But Owen thought it was more complex than that. And um, this was all kind of based around Owen's idea that uh, humans were kind of still uh, the most intelligent central uh, part of the, you know, the... Creation. Creation, yeah. Um, so was Owen a creationist? Uh, I'm not sure if you would call him in today's standards a creationist. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, it even got to the point where one of those fossils that uh, Darwin uh, was looking at, a fossil of an ancient bird called Archaeopteryx, uh, was found in Berlin. Um, of all places, of, of all places, it, and uh, it was um, Darwin could see that there was evidence in that fossil of Archaeopteryx 
that proved that it was very, very similar to dinosaurs, um, in particular a small dinosaur called Compsognathus. Uh, and Darwin was going to use that to help support his theory of evolution. Um, Owen caught wind of this and he bought the fossil of Archaeopteryx <laughs> and stashed it away in the museum so Darwin couldn't study it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, such a dick um, move. Oh, no. <laughs> but um, so then, uh, but uh, in my opinion, Darwin got the last laugh there because uh, there was a statue of Owen in the British Museum of Natural History in the main hall until about 2009. Um, and then that statue of Owen was replaced by one of Darwin. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, lift um, his fame, clearly. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think Darwin got the last laugh there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you mentioned before that Owen founded or was one of the founders, at least of the Lon- London's Natural History Museum. And now it makes sense to me. I've actually been there many years ago and I love their dinosaur exhibit. Have you been? No, I haven't. Bucket it's- list. Oh, it was so good. Like, I loved it. I would go again anytime. Um, but do you know, was this like a museum like that? Was that available to the general public or would have been would it have been way too expensive to, to yeah, visit? Yeah, so that was part of Owen's vision. Owen's vision was to make, um, you know, museums institutions for everybody. Mm. Um, the first communist? <laughs> oh, maybe not the first at that time. Anyway, but yeah, so he was. Um, yeah, he wanted uh, the museums and their collections to be accessible, and he wanted people to come and see the things on display in the museum. Um, he Instead thought, of just having having them in his living room, yeah, yeah. showing or, them know, off to his guests or the archaeopteryx that he bought and you know stashed away from Darwin. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Um, so when we move on again, I have to sum this up. Apparently, general population not overly excited, very disappointed, but. Anyway, they might have had other issues as well to deal with. I can imagine. Yeah, like Wars Great Depression or something? I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> there was always a Great Depression somewhere around the corner. Um, so then going ahead a few years, you will tell me how many in a second, um, there was another cornerstone of um, the how dinosaur fossils were discovered and the science of dinosaurs went forward. The Bone Wars in the States. Where yeah. was that? So the, um, the Bone Wars in the States was like kind of between 1877 and 1892-ish. Um, and this was so prior to that, we mentioned England as and Europe as a place where they were finding lots of dinosaur bones. Uh, so during the Bone Wars, that was a a competition between two paleontologists named Marsh and Cope, um, and they used to be friends, um, and they used to go on fossil digs and stuff together. Um, and then their relationship deteriorated when uh, one pointed out to the other that they had reconstructed a fossil animal wrong by putting its head on its tail. <laughs> uh, so from there, their friendship deteriorated. This is um, how friendships break. Yeah, clearly. and so then over the course of the next you know, 20 or so years, or maybe nearly 20 years, uh, they um, were competing against each other to see who could discover and name the most dinosaurs. I don't um, think a movie has been made about that. I think that is like the best theme for Yeah, I, I don't think they've made a full-length movie of it. I think there's been like episodes of science shows and like little things here and there, but um, I reckon it'd be great. There's um, a book by Michael Crichton who wrote Jurassic Park. Um, which I is might called, have heard about it once or yeah, twice, but yeah, not ma- very maybe. popular. No. Um, so he also wrote a book called Dragon Teeth. And that tells it's, it's fictional, but it tells the story of um, a guy who was involved in the Bone Wars with Martian Cope, and he kind of uh, was like, yeah, witnessing all these things happening. Um, Wait, are you so, saying Jurassic Park is not fictional? 
Uh, no, that's definitely fictional as okay. well. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we, we do need to um, say that. Um, so, yeah, during the Bone Wars, or at, well, by the end of it, um, between the two of them, um, they had uh, described 136 new dinosaur species. Wow, um, which is Which is pretty crazy. Um, uh, who won the Bone Wars? Marsh won the Bone Wars. He described 80 dinosaurs um, and Cope uh, described 56. Uh, Were those descriptions all accurate? Probably not. Um, so it was more quantity over quality there? Uh, yes. It was, they were definitely going for quantity over quality. Um, Cope was also interested in other things besides fossil reptiles. So Cope was even into um, invertebrates and things like that. Um, so he had a bit more of a wider uh, range of interests and that kind of distracted him. Um, in the end, they both had to stop because they went bankrupt um, because these fossil digs were just like, you know, costing them so much money. Where um, did they mostly yeah. dig in the States? In the States. Um, so I'm thinking it was, uh, don't quote me on this, but uh, so the southern parts are around Texas. and. Luckily, this is not live. So whatever yeah. you say. <laughs> <laughs> not live at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. So around the southern parts of no. the States and yeah, the badlands. No. Yeah. And I guess they they would also have had some uh, duplication, right? If if they're both yeah. big in the same areas, I'm I, I'm actually pretty sure that yeah, one described one thing before the other, and then they had to lay claim to who named it first. Yeah. Uh, but like they did name some of the most iconic dinosaurs that we still have to say, so Triceratops, Allosaurus, Diplodocus, Stegosaurus, Brontosaurus. These are all common household names still, and this was because of the Bone Wars. Marsh and Cope were competing against each other to see it, who could find the most dinosaurs. So in the end, although they didn't get everything right, but they still moved um, the science forward. Yeah, they moved the science forward. You know, they filled museums with these fossils. You know, and people were just you know absolutely raptured with you know these fossils. And some of these fossils were like really well preserved. Like some were scrappy, but you know we've got some near, near complete skeletons of you know animals like Allosaurus, which is it's amazing. That was the one that was almost bigger than T. Rex. Uh, not. No, Allosaurus wasn't nearly big, bigger than T-Rex. It was a two-legged theropod like T-Rex, though. Right. It li- li- lived before T-Rex. Wouldn't want to come across that when you're sitting on your um, outhouse toilet? No, definitely no, not. Okay. No. Right. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, they're, they're, it would eat you regardless. <laughs> All right, let's move back even further in history. Uh, another aspect of the whole dinosaur history that I find really fascinating. So, um, And you will notice that this is not only about science, it's also about the history of science, which is even... Well, not cooler, but it's equally cool. Um, so everyone knows dragons and the story about dragons. And interestingly, there have been this myth, the story about dragons has come up in many different cultures, like Chinese culture, of course, ancient Greek culture. And um, some people, so this is what I learned in the preparation, some people have hypothesized that um, that whole story around dragons might have um, come into being because people back then, thousands of years ago, found dinosaur bo- bones and tried to make sense of it. What do you think about that, or what is the current um, state of knowledge there? Is that true? Yeah, I, th- I think there is some truth in that. Absolutely. Um, I also think you know there were ancient stories that uh, were around well before they found 
bones and you know uh ancient civilizations were always uh looking to the supernatural to explain things that were happening in the natural world um and you know finding a giant bone confirms their theory that there were giants or there were dragons around you know um what did you call that um the term scientifically the- confirmation bias right. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to hear that word yeah um so you know uh, of course yeah and a lot of depictions of dragons do look very similar to dinosaurs large reptilian looking things um, you know with horns and um you know i don't think dinosaurs breathe fire uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll never know, will we? Um, well, maybe we just haven't found the right one yet. Yeah, maybe. I mean, fire-breathing dinosaur. That'd, that'd be the front page of Nature magazine for sure. Um, you know, uh, other things like you know, the skulls of mammoths, they've got like a really big hole in the front of them where their trunk attachment would normally be. Uh, people found these big skulls in caves with this big hole in the front and they thought it belonged to like a cyclops. Um <laughs> It must crazy. have been so disappointing to realize that's not what no, it, was. it was. It was just a big hairy elephant. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, even before that, uh, so some of the first fossils, even before dinosaur fossils that were ever discovered, were the um, fossil shark teeth. Um, and the megalodon? Yeah, oh. me- megalodon <laughs> and other kind of related fossil sharks as well. Um, and they would find these fossil shark teeth and they were trying to kind of work out w- what they were because they didn't. And they didn't even think of looking in the mouths of actual sharks to compare them to. Because, again, comparative anatomy, that's a great thing. Was it uh, difficult to do as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, opening them up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm. They're, they're, they're uh, yeah, a bit bitey. And if you're, if you're on top of a mountain and finding a, a, a fossilized tooth, then you don't really have, like, a great white shark just swimming yeah, by. There, there's, no, there's no context there, is yeah. there? So, uh, so they actually... They called them tongue stones, uh, and they believe that they were the petrified tongues of snakes, because um, apparently there's a story about uh, St. Paul. Uh, he went to the island of Malta, and he turned... There was a snake infestation on the island of Malta, and he turned them all to stone. Um, and so when they found these uh, shark teeth that looked like snake tongues, they thought, well, this, again, confirms our story of St. Paul with the, uh, with the snakes. Wow, isn't that handy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like this could be a source of conspiracy theories. Malta is also the place where they filmed a lot of Game of Thrones. <gasps> it's all connected. Mm. Anyway, There's dragons in Game of Thrones. That's there right. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, I might sum this up. So again, a bit disappointing today. Why is everything so disappointing? Anyway, not I'm science to be in general. a disappointment to you. No, that's, um, <laughs> you're just a, the herald of like, not your fault. Anyway, um, so... The, the, the finding of um, dinosaur bones might have perpetuated the belief and the myth of dragons, but was probably not the origin. Did I get that right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, could, it could have been the origin in some cultures, uh, but yeah, we, we won't know. Sure, that's um, that's true. Yeah. And I also um, did read in the preparation a bit that um, what they say is that the other idea where the whole idea of dragons comes from and that it um, started in so many different or came up in so many different cultures is that is it is kind of, I guess Freud would have loved this, this is kind of the personification of um, evil and the darkest fear everyone has and it's like put into a creature yeah. and um, they are to haunt stories and fairy tales. I quite like that idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a lot of there's a lot of fear with um, based on snakes, and like a lot of the dragon That's um, right. drawings are like resembling snakes. Or yeah. something similar to snakes. So I guess that's definitely an impact as well. 
That makes sense. So um, let's jump back. We are time traveling the whole time here. Um, so let's jump back in time to present day. What is currently going on in dinosaur research? One might think that everything has been done by now because it has been of such great interest. Yeah, so I mean, there's always questions that paleontologists can ask of fossil animals. Um, I guess that's the case for science in general, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the case of science in general. I mean, I, I say to some people, you know, we're eventually going to run out of dinosaur bones. Uh, th- it's there's like only oil. S- there's only so many but fossils. Doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's only <laughs> there's only so many fossils in the earth, right? And like I I don't think we're going to find them all in my lifetime or even my kids' lifetime. Uh, but um, does that mean once that happens, that paleontology will be a dead science? No. Um, we can ask questions then based on the fossils about how these animals lived. You know, what did they eat? How did they hunt? What did they hunt? Um, you know, how heavy were they? Is there is there any current hot topic at the moment that is um, work that a lot of researchers in the dinosaur field work on? Um, well, not being completely active in the dinosaur theory, I wouldn't be able to tell you what's hot off the press right now. Um, I, I do know that they uh, are currently revising um, old ideas. Uh, so a good example is the dinosaur Spinosaurus. Um, that was originally uh, reconstructed as this four-legged lumbering thing uh, with a big sail on its back. Um, and that's gone through about seven or eight different um, ideas of what it looked like based on new fossil finds. Um, and now they believe it was, you know, a semi-aquatic um, predator that that was actually larger than T-Rex. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, um, okay. So, I guess that's a good thing. Finally, some silver lining. Dinosaur research will never die out. There's no. always more to do. It won't die that. like the dinosaurs. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well. And, and after all, there's like a whole lot of rock left on the earth and mountains to erode. So there's more strata coming out and yeah. hopefully carrying more uh, dinosaurs. Yeah, well, um, as, as I said, eventually we will run out, but probably not anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. So we have to wrap up um, soon. But one last question I have for you. Did all dinosaurs have feathers? No. Not all dinosaurs had feathers. I'm disappointing you again. I am. Um, so, Did T-Rex uh, have feathers? That is a good question. We aren't sure at the moment. The, there is research that discusses uh, T-Rex being scaly. Uh, there's also other theories that um, say that uh, perhaps as a chick... Um, just hatched out of the egg. T-Rex was kind of fluffy, covered in like down, like a baby chicken or something. Um, I mean, again, until they find a T-Rex fossil with feathers, they won't know. Uh, there are many lineages of dinosaurs. Well, the one lineage of dinosaurs that has feathers, the theropods, and T-Rex is part of that lineage. Um, and of course, uh, birds are living dinosaurs, and-, and they all have feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, there there aren't any exceptions. Yeah, no, there, there aren't the exceptions. Way. There's some that can't fly. That's true. Um, and some have very modified feathers. Like penguins have like quite different uh, feathers to you know a, a pigeon. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, uh, so that lineage has feathers. There's dinosaurs like Velociraptor that had feathers. Uh, we know this because we found fossils. Um, but you know, dinosaurs like Triceratops and Brontosaurus. No, they. They did not have feathers. Would have taken away from their intimidating looks, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's still 
could be quite intimidating seeing this big feathery thing. Like, Velociraptor was probably covered in feathers. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And it still would have been quite intimidating. I mean, <laughs> if you've ever seen a cassowary. Um, <laughs> yes, that's think, true. That's think very think of pain. a cassowary with teeth. And <laughs> <laughs> Pretty um, scary. Yeah, an angry one. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up here. Um, thanks so much, Lachlan, for sharing your dinosaur knowledge. No worries. Uh, thanks for listening to Boiling Point. We will be back with a new science story next week. And let's finish up with a song very topical. Some of you might become might get a bit teary. No guarantees there. Um, it is slightly kitschy, but it's also so fitting and so nice. So... Um, <laughs> I'm sure lots of you will remember the the kids' movie, The Land Before Time. And the theme of Littlefoot was If We Hold On Together by Diana Ross. (laughs) 